Hello and welcome to the Selby Auto Show. I'm Sean Smith and I'm joined by Sam Green. Hello. And Christopher Strickland. Uh, our, our fourth member, Al, is busy sleeping because um, the princess needs his beauty sleep um, for the Daytona 24 Hours on iRacing, which is taking place this afternoon. I do not envy you whatsoever. No, but... No, uh, I don't. No. <laughs> As we, uh, yeah, we, uh, they'll, be, they'll be fine. That'll be fine. Anyway, chaps, we're going to talk about money, which is the most evil and brilliant thing ever invented, of course. Um, well, it stopped us trading ducks for dogs, so this is know, oh, right. something. This this is like the second time you mentioned ducks today, Chris. Like you mentioned it before the before the pod as well. I did um, not. I had I had an Indian yesterday, and I fancy a Chinese, and I've got talking about ducks. I just need some. You know, some duck pancakes. Fucking oh, hell. Oh, he's, he's, he's gone quackers. Right, let's talk oh, about money. Oh, no. <laughs> is, oh, it, is it too oh. early in the year? <laughs> no, terrible. Jack, this is subliminal messaging. So if you're listening to this podcast, go on your way home, go to Asda, buy yourself some duck pancakes. Subliminal messaging for you. Anyway, motorsport and money. Two things that go together like Lego bricks and feet. Um... Can you buy success in motorsport the same way that currently can happen in other sports, such as, f I don't know, football or whatever? That's going to be the topic of debate today. I'm going to would say... Would you like to know the answer to that, Sean? Yes, I would. Yes. Yes, you can. Just look at Man City. Just look at, you know, Mercedes. I meant, I meant specifically motorsport. It's like, yes, you 100% can buy success. But not always. Not always. That's what we're going to discuss. Let's just go. Let's well. Let's go into. Let's go straight into it. Um, can you buy success in motorsport? Yes. Discuss. Mercedes Formula One. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Right, <laughs> um, no, no. It's it's one of those things where, with lots of money, you can buy the best facilities. You can buy the best testing equipment. You can buy. You know, the, you can go to the best chassis makers and buy the best chassis. And you can buy the best people, but if you spend your money in the wrong places and spend it on the wrong people, then that's when the the pay-to-win aspect of it disappears. Whereas Mercedes, over the period of... Well, Ross Braun took over Mercedes in 2011, or was amalgamated into Mercedes in, in 2010. Um, and over that period of time, he morphed it into the 2014 juggernaut that then took on eight manufacturers championships and seven world drivers championships so it's one of those cases where it's not just a case of here's a billion pounds to go and win next year it's a case of here's a billion pounds over the next five seasons to then hopefully dominate for seven you know it's it's one of those things where it's a pay to win but it's an in, it's an investment that you've got to see through to the end now f1's of course um synonymous with marketing that's what modern f1 really is for the big yeah. big companies um, the days of the privateers being able to win, uh, you know, nearly thirty years ago now. But yeah, when was the last privateer race win? Was it Williams yeah. in twenty thirteen? Well, because I suppose you count McLarens as being Mercedes because they were backed conjointively. Um, Bosnia yeah, Monza, Monza yeah. last year. Yeah, uh, would you say yeah, Alpha Tower? Oh, oh, race r race win. Uh, yeah, I suppose Alpha Tower then. Oh man, yeah, because yeah, you can't say Alpine well, first, that's Renault. Yeah. Force India, well. but that was with the tracing point. Uh, 
Yeah, but that's not as recent as last year. Yes, it was. They he, Perez won the second last race. I was going to say it was Abu Dhabi last year. Yeah, but didn't. Uh, oh no, it was. It no, was Bahrain. Sorry, it's Bahrain. Yeah, yeah. But, oh yeah, no, it was the same season that um, Gasly won for. Yeah. But that was cheating. But that's, that, that's another way of paying to win. Well, <laughs> was I mean, buying the race winning car you, from the year before. If you ignore last year's. Year before now. Yeah, the last one, well, whatever it was. If you ignore the last two years where you've had the, the stalemate of the rules and nothing's changed, and go back to 2014 to, what, 2019, I can't think. I don't think there was an independent that won during no. that period. I can't. Not really, no. I can't no. think of one. It depends no, if you can. I, I suppose it depends what category you would put Red Bull. I was about to in, say the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> their, their budget is that of a manufacturer, but they are technically a customer because they don't make. Well, they do now, but they didn't make their own engine. Well, they don't so, now anyway. It's, it's well, still a, still yeah, a Honda. It's still, still a Honda. They just changed the D for a G. <laughs> what Gonda? Honda. Oh, right. Okay. Um, F1's a very specific case. We're obviously, but then even F F1, there's been many, many instances where big budget teams haven't succeeded. You know, Toyota are the, are the most famous one. Back when I've, they... just, I've just looked up Toyota's F1 budget, actually. Uh-huh. For 2008. Second. Now... So we... Um, before we did this, we had a quick look at what Mercedes' budget was in 2020, just for some context, as much as anything. Uh, and we found that Mercedes, in 2020, spent $459 million, um, which is equivalent uh, to, what did we find? Free, who was it? Island nation of Tonga. So, yeah, so Mercedes has the same GDP as Tonga, um, which is pretty big, let's face it. Uh, but in 2008... Toyota spent $445 million. What's that with inflation? That must be getting on for like three quarters I mean, of, of a billion like pounds with inflation. Whatever. Yeah, I, I didn't check it out, to be totally honest. So maybe, oh, a, maybe Toyota did, spent too much. I think maybe they... Uh, no, they spent it in the wrong place and they did the wrong things and they couldn't get Toyota's principles to translate across to F1. That was the biggest problem, is they never wanted to change from their principles. So they... It, everything had to be done in the Toyota way, so consequently, didn't matter how much money you spent, because the principle—it was like I was saying—if you don't spend it in the right areas, doing the right things, it doesn't really matter. Well, this is true. Of course, this that is true. That it's for the last twenty years or more we've had the colossal budget. I mean, Re Renault, when they won the championship, they famously. Uh, didn't really spend anything the next two years because they just used the winnings of the 2005 and 2006 seasons to pay for 2007. Mm. Um, and yeah, their budget was like 100 million, which was a lot, but it wasn't anything like we're seeing recently. We should probably state as well that this, this budget is fairly... Um, would you say it's all-encompassing? Like, this is including oh, yeah, all the was... staffing and everything as well? Yeah. Um, whereas in football, obviously, we're looking at a £100 million for a single player, which is kind of ridiculous, really, um, for a man who runs around a field in his pants, kicking a ball back. And falling over. Yeah. Um, 
the only exception obviously being Harry Kane um, <laughs> is he worth 100 million so <laughs> um, well maybe not at the minute obviously um, yeah I mean it's yeah I mean when you consider football's numbers it's very different I mean even American football have colossal numbers for um for single players, or but then they also do have a budget cap as well, which F1's of course introduced last year. Um, outside of F1, can you pay to win? The answer is again yes, <laughs> which is which is a lot. Like even with the World Touring cars, you know, Citroen famously spent big on the Class One C Elise and absolutely wiped the floor of everyone. How much does Toyota spend on its Yaris and on its hypercar? Uh, about oh, you know, if we're going to use Toyota again, we're going to use. I think it's between... you, know, you, you look at you look at their failure of F one, but you, then you look at how they succeeded from the failure with WEC and and the WRC. Well, I know the GR ten is a lot cheaper than the TSO fifty was because there's they've got cost saving measures in WC nowadays. Ah, but no, hang on, hang on. Most of their development would have been done on their quote unquote road car. So they wouldn't have actually gone into the cost of the race car, uh, unless unless they take into consideration the whole development of the car. I would hardly doubt that, <laughs> but anyway, I know the TSO fifty was in the region of like one hundred and fifty to two hundred million, which is a lot for the for, for endurance racing. Uh, yeah, just a bit. Um, I know. Well, that all that only really spiraled out of control when there was a freeway fight in the WC between Audi, Toyota, and Porsche. Um, before that, it was half. And, and Nissan. Yeah, but what did Nissan really spend? Apart I have from, no idea. They've apart, wasted apart, their money. As apart from did. the goodwill of their fans, what did they spend? <laughs> <laughs> All of their pride and <laughs> reputation as a racing manufacturer. Hmm. Well, then they also did the VS Supercars and didn't do very well at that either. Um, I don't think they've actually announced an international like big event thing since then, have they? Well, they did the IMSA and they didn't do very well at that either. No. Anyway. Anyway, uh, so Nissan definitely paying not to win. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah but Toyota's, uh, um, Toyota's budget for the WRC. Any guesses? Oh. Well, it's not going to be much as an F1 budget, so. I reckon. 100 million? Yeah, I say 100 million. Yeah, see, I can't find a full figure, but I know that each car. And you think about how many cars they actually go through in WRC as well, and they quite often have three to a team as well. The current, well, the outgoing, the 2021 regs, so pre this new Rally 1 regs, one, yeah. um, were $1.2 million each. That's cheap. So yeah, that's, yeah, pocket money, that. Yeah. Um, so obviously with the development and testing and logistics and everything like that, it's obviously going to be a bit more than that, but even if you just times that by three... It's not a lot, really. I mean, TMG, of course, who operate both the WEC and the WRC, um, they're somewhat separated from Toyota of Japan, which does... To an extent, yeah. It's... Yeah, it's... it's For them, that would be pretty much finding money down the back of the sofa <laughs> <laughs> with their history. Well, they're just um, manufacturing now, aren't they, Toyota? Oh, sorry, when it, sorry, they produced the most cars. They have done, they've been there for years, mate. You, you're well behind the times. 
No, I thought um, I thought somebody took them over. Somebody beat them because they amalgamated together. Um, no, fear. it doesn't matter anyway. But it's bad, bad. <laughs> <clears throat> what about you, know, if... you know? You're looking at a budget of of a hundred million pounds to start from scratch for WRC. It's about hundred million pounds with the facilities <laughs> for a works team, maybe. But that yeah, but that's thing, isn't it? That... There's a lot of there is privateers in rallying, even at the top level. Yeah, because and... M Sport definitely don't spend a hundred million or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I think a lot of their backing comes from Ford now, doesn't it? So, I thought M Sport famously didn't get as much backing from Ford as they would like. I well, I'm not 100. percent The ones who ask about that would have been out really, but he's asleep. So, <laughs> um, um, but I mean, it it comes to something that you could even even you, Sean, if you really wanted, could get a race life, a rally license, spend 1.2 million on a WRC car, and go and take part. Yeah, I'll. Uh... Um, I'll get, so that, we'll, I'll, get, I'll get that we'll sauce tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see Sean at Rally Argentina, I, <laughs> I'd expect. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's uh, Obviously, those are basically road, well, uh, not road cars, let's they're say. They're really it, not. They're not anymore. <laughs> basically, a, a prototype that can fly. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, no, I think it's, it's that's a, a remarkably small amount of money, actually, 1.2 per car. Yeah, but is that just for buying the car, though? I think, that's, I think it is just to buy the car. So that's basically there's just a chassis and a bit of scaffolding and an engine, maybe, if you're lucky. Yeah. Might want to have, they might have one out the back in the skip. <laughs> yeah. They can borrow. Well, here's a question for you, then. In spec series, so IndyCar, um, F2, F3... Super Formula, is it pay to win? I, I would that... say absolutely it's pay to win. Well, I would no, say... I would say no, no, no because, it's not. No, I would say it is because if you've got enough money, you can have the best engineers, you can have the best pit crew, you can have the best equipment that's not related to the car, and it gives you that extra tenth, couple of tenths, and you can have the best driver, you know, you can pay him, you know, you can get yourself a Mick Schumacher if you wanted, if you had enough money, you could get yourself a Mick Schumacher, you know, and of course, in my opinion, it's pay to win, alright, alright, the car and the regulations that don't change, but the stuff that you can control, you throw money at it and you can get the best personnel, that would be my opinion for that. Okay, let me counter that, IndyCar, Penske <clears> don't, <throat> don't win every year, do they? And they literally own it. Well, no, yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree with you. Well, they're, you know, Toyota spent loads of money and they didn't win. You know, there are outliers, but if Penske don't win, um, oh, who's the other big one? Chip Ganassi. Chip Ganassi will win. You know, you tell me Chip Ganassi doesn't spend shed loads of money on its IndyCar program. I'm not sure they do. Exactly. Uh, but then... Do you still get race winners in like, and you get compared like so when Joseph Newgarden before he went to Penske, he was with uh, Sarah Fisher, Hardman, Ed Carpenter Racing, um, and he challenged for the title. Uh, Graham Rahal's challenged for the title um, with Rahal Letterman at Lanigan. Um, we saw Grosjean getting a lot of success last year in a relatively small team. Yeah, but he was no. Yeah, but now he's, now he's going champion. to. He's now is at Penske, isn't he? No. Andretti. Is Andretti. Is it, oh, is Andretti, sorry. He's now at Andretti now because they've just spent a lot of money to sign him up. <laughs> yeah, but it's still the case that you can, I mean, Sebastian Bourdais was a, has been able to win races in IndyCar for uh, Dale Coyne. He, you've had 
a lot of people. Uh, a lot of smaller manufacturers. Polsky hasn't won anything. They, they haven't won since they bought it. They haven't dominated. They, ha they haven't on. just walked they won, it. They won the, the team championship that's, in 2014. That, does, that doesn't count. No one cares about the team championship in IndyCar. It does count. It does count. No one cares. No, they don't, they, it does they, count if you're Penske. No, I, I don't <laughs> well, think it does. Do if you're I don't well, think it does. Gotta, okay, then, gotta, why, um, then why don't IndyCar ever show the team's standings? I don't know. They, they only... <laughs> I don't ask me, I don't know. I don't run car. Go ask Penske. <laughs> they only ever show the driver standings. They never, they never talk about the Chip Ganassi versus Penske um, uh, team's battle. They never, ever discuss it. I reckon if, if Team Penske had um, Dixon, they would have won just as many championships as Chip Ganassi. They'd have won more <laughs> if they hit Dixon. Well, this yeah. is, no, but this is what I mean. It's like they, Chip Ganassi would have when Dixon was on his run of God knows how many championships in a row. He, he's only ever they would have had to retain right? him by spending money. Because you would have one hundred percent, you would have had Penske and Andretti knocking on Doc Dixon's door, being like, "Race for us next year." It is a you know five million pound contract. Come race for us next year. You tell me that's not pay to win. I get that. Um. But the, my point is, Penske are easily the biggest team in uh, IndyCar, and they yeah. they don't walk it every single year by a country mile. No, Chip Ganassi does. No, they don't. There's there is almost always a title fight in IndyCar. Let's go. Okay, so we're coming into the last couple of races, we have four drivers who could possibly win from three different teams. Shall we talk about GP? Right, he'll, he'll be. This will be one to watch in the future. Then. So McLaren's just bought. Smith-Peterson yeah. Racing, right? Yep. You nearly called them SMP again. I did nearly call them SMP again. <laughs> Smith-Peterson Racing, right? You tell me that a McLaren aren't going to pump a load of money into that project. Well, they can yeah. because because they don't have to spend it on F1 anymore. Well, yeah. that's true, yeah. But I would suspect they'll pump a load of money into it and you'll see... Christ, what's his name? Award. The Pato. Mexican... Yeah, Pato Award. Yeah, you know, I reckon he'll be there, there or thereabouts, because he'll have the, you know, that team backing of having the ability for the team to buy loads of top quality race engineers and top quality facilities, and they'll get him a, you know, they'll they'll ship him over to working and do a lot of sim stuff with him, and then they'll ship him back and give him a lot of. So you think that McLaren IndyCar are going to do a Man City? Yeah. Or Chelsea, you know, however many years ago that was. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. I okay. think you're right. Um, I think that's certainly their aim, obviously. It's obviously everyone wants to win. And I think if you can get a big budget like that, I think that's obviously the best way to do it, whether it comes from sponsorship or a new owner, in the terms of, like, McLaren essentially buying a relatively good team anyway. Schmidt-Peterson were pretty, pretty successful in their own right. Uh, so have a good engineering base for IndyCar and then they can bring in the best of their F1 mentality to it as well and I think that's probably a recipe for success but it does cost a lot of money hmm okay so let's move on I mean, to don't, don't get me wrong I would love to see a bloke like something like Rebellion because they're, they're essentially just a bloke in a shed Rebellion <laughs> that's a bit, a bit rude. It's a, it's a, big, it's a big shed. Don't get me wrong. It's a big shed, but it's still a shed. Um, 
you know, I'd love to see somebody like a team like Rebellion win a championship and, you know. Okay, here's my point. It just isn't going to happen. This is what I think is the best example of money buys success in motorsport. Prima F2. And F3. Okay, yeah. And F4. Yeah. And GP. Well, hang on. Who won GP3? Like, basically every year. I think it was Prima. But they're a juggernaut. Like, Carlin used to be. Like, years and years ago, it used to be Carlin in British, I mean, British F3. In the British Championship, it still is Carlin, really. Um, it's just Carlin have kind of grown. To where's, the point where's... where they're doing a lot more series now, and their and their success is more thinly spread. Whereas, yeah, they, yeah they're... they've grown with the slight mistake of entering into IndyCar and put Max Chilton in it, and thought that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, Car- no. yeah, Carlin have a yeah. It is past past success doesn't breed future glory. Glory, that's it. Mm. Um, but then Prima, they've done. Basically everything apart from F1 and IndyCar. Well, I think it's if you've got an if you've got an F4 championship, go to Prima. If, if it's a national championship, go to Prima. If it's an international championship, go to Prima. You know, it's the go-to, and consequently, they just get a shed load of money from it. Oh, Prima this didn't. The, thing. the team championship was actually ART dominated. Well, that's another one, really, isn't it? ART. ART used to be the Works Renault Junior team yeah. years ago. Um, there's but, less. There's a lot less of that um, that goes on now, especially for ART. But Prima is essentially the Ferrari Junior. Let's face it. Let's face it. They're extremely um, closely linked. Let's be. Um, yeah, it's a similar quiet. thing to um, Scuderia Corsa. Is it yeah. Scuderia Corsa? Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of FDA Ferrari Driver Academy drivers do end up driving for Prima. Um, but I think, as much as anything. That could be something to do with the mentality of it, is that, as silly as it sounds, having spoken to a few drivers who are driven for Italian teams at various events, it's a very different mentality when you're driving for an Italian team than, say, a British or an American team or something like that, or even a German team. Um, So I think it's maybe, as silly as it sounds, good practice. If you're in a Ferrari driver academy, get used to working with Italian engineers and understanding how they go about their racing. So I think that kind of lends itself to itself, okay. if that makes sense. What about outside of um, WC and uh, outside of prototypes and outside of single-seaters? What about the likes of touring cars and um, tin tops? If you look at Super GT, you look at Toyota, again, because Toyota's... <laughs> you look at their Supra program, you know, I, I hazard to think how much money they spent on developing a Supra, not just the GT500 car, but the GT300 car. And what did they do? They rocked up in the first season that this car's brand new car, never been raced before, rocked up to it, dominated. Yeah, but Absolutely. it was... No, I remember the first race at Fuji, 2020. The top six. Was I think it was a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 for Toyota, and the GT300 class was won by the Green Brave Toyota. Yeah. You tell me that's not shed load of... That's not the... The consequence of a shed load of money being pumped into a program. Okay, but I'll counter with that one. The fact that that was the by far the newest car on the grid. Yeah. Um, Honda had had yeah. to sort of like ragtag their uh, NSX to be front engined. 
Uh, yeah, they, 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 yeah, they realised we're so, the engine. Honda, okay, Honda have done the HSV10, which was front engine, but that's their only other reference to that format in that type of type of racing. They're always mid-engined, otherwise. Yeah. Um, so it was like quite a lot of styles aligning for Toyota there. Plus, they had half the races at Fuji, which they own. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But even so, I agree with what you're saying. You know, it's a brand new car, so they've got the ability to bring you know newer technology into it. But to dominate in such that fashion, to be you know one, two, three, four, five, or whatever it was, and to win the GT300 class, that's a different car. The GT300 car is not the same as in any way, shape, or form as the GT500 car. And the only way they could have done it was just to pump loads of money into it. Yeah, that's that's a fair comment. But then, I mean, look. The only the only counter argument I would to say to that is the BRZ Supra. Sorry, it's not Supra. Subaru that won this year. I can't imagine Subaru spending quite as much as Toyota did on its Supra. I yeah, I don't think they spent anything compared to. I don't to, think yeah. Well, it's a, that. Isn't that um, is that one the mother chassis or was that the other one? No, I think it was a. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm just saying I don't know because there's so many different variations within GT300. You've got GT3 yeah. cars, Jaff GT300s, mother chassis cars. I don't think it's a mother chassis. I think it's a Jaff GT300. Okay, so it is a, a bespoke race car then, basically. Yeah. Um, that's, and it is based off a of GR86. Yeah. Technically. But they are now different enough that you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, but would there would have been maybe some development from Toyota for the GR86 and then Subaru? They badged it as a Subaru because there's already a Supra. In well, GT3. they did announce at the to Tokyo Auto Show that they are doing a GT300 GR86. Yeah. Whether or not they that was in cahoots with Subaru and its BRZ, it's difficult to say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's. Okay, we'll ratchet it down another. Because I mean, I was going to go into touring cars, but then I'm thinking BMW with the BTCC a few years ago literally just walked up with the um, with the three series. Um, or Subaru with the Levorg, the same sort of thing. Yeah, or Honda years ago with the Civics. Remember the Triple Eight Astras? Yeah, where they had three of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and also Seat with the TDI uh, Leon. And being yep. and World Touring Car Championship was literally awful for it. No, uh, no in fairness, in fairness to the the touring or the touring cars in general, like BTCC, they always try and make it so that, at least in modern times, anyway, with with um, Alan Gao, tried to calm down the manufacturers from just running away with it. I mean, you look at the current touring car crop, and in reality, you don't really know who's going to win. Well, that's well, that's why TCR exists. That's the whole point. That's well, why, exactly. That's yeah. why touring yeah. cars. Technically, really don't exist anymore. It's TCR. Yeah. You do know who's going to win in the British Touring Car Championship, though. Well, it's Colin Turkington. It's always Ash Sutton. It's always Ash Sutton. <laughs> no, it's Colin Turkington. He's won like five now. It's Matt Neal. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't it's drive, 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 drive anymore. Matt Neal is probably one of the best examples of a low budget person or team winning a race. Yeah, well, you he was independent. He was in the works Hondas. No, we're talking about when he started. Oh, okay. What, in the, in the 90s? Yeah, sure. In the 90s, Let's yeah. have a nice recent example of 1999. Okay. Although, do you know, you realise who his main, like where most of his money came from in those early days? No. No, I don't actually know. Oh, have you heard of Vic Lee? No. Oh, is this the, the, the bloke who was... Done for drug trafficking. Yeah. His, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yes, he was, but he was also primary sponsor of Team Dynamics in the early days. Oh, brilliant. Um, so I don't know how much of that you can really... Yeah, they just rocked up to Nissan and knocked on their door and said, can we have one of your works cars, please? I mean, I've heard of a fast buck, but Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's go down another level. Let's go down to National Series. I don't think... I'd I don't think you can necessarily pay to win when you get to kind of club level or national level series. Well, you bloody, like, yeah, you bloody well can. I mean, you, of course it, you can. It does depend on the series. I know that, obviously from personal experience in karting, you 100% can get a, a, foot, a, a definite foot on the ladder to stepping your way up the grid by buying a five grand engine, for example. But... The driver's still got to drive it. I mean, in karting, there is still a certain amount of very good drivers doing very good things on cheap kit. I think that's more, not more the question of this podcast. is not, can you pay to win, but does it guarantee success? And that's where that's where the debate is. Yeah, um, I think at, yeah, you're right. On national level, you're correct. I think at national level, it's more about the person behind the wheel. Whereas once you start getting into international sort of F4 type stuff, then it becomes more prominent the pay to win I think, aspect of it because you've got quite a level, not level is the wrong word, but your standard of skill variation within the drivers is a lot smaller than it was at national level. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you find you find a superstar like Lando Norris who just appears and wins everything. Yeah, I love it how we just started off in Janetta Juniors. That was brilliant. I remember watching him as a Janetta Junior. Having cool. said. He said that though. Um, our, our friend Chris Paniotto from CSR, and that I obviously know through work, um, he used to work with a company called Edge Management, who used to manage Lando. Uh, and Lando comes from a lot of money anyway. He's a very good driver. Let's not take that away from him. But he does come from a lot of money. And when they were racing in Genetic Formula Four or something, a lot of drivers would book on to like a track day, essentially, to go and do testing. Lando would hire the circuit. Really? For two days. Like, there is there is still a big amount of not paying to win, but paying to prepare, and therefore winning. I mean, the biggest examples... I mean, we've had examples of that for years with... Um, motorsport's always been a rich person's sport. I mean, the whole so, point... When it started, it was in, it was landed gentry who were the only people who could afford cars. Yeah. Um, but then you have... You've had more recent examples with... Um, oh, do I... Oh, just, I'll just say it. The Strolls, um, you know, buying whole teams or the Palmers by making whole series. Um... To, yeah. to to promote their their um, homegrown talent, you know. Again, don't get me wrong. Jolin Palmer, I actually rated him. I thought he was he was really good. Um, not in F one, but outside of F one, he was really good. It's it's a difficult one because yeah, there's there's pain. Uh, it's I think what it is is having a having a lot of funding is one of those massive tools that can be used to win mm -hmm. it's just part of your tool bag of of moving up the ladder and if you've got a lot of it it makes it very easy to move up the ladder not necessarily win
but it makes it very easy to move up the ladder. But you still need to have the, the fun. So you still need to have the raw talent. You still need to have the, the you know, the, the mental, the mental fortitude to to want to get to the top. Yeah, but you, have, you, you, are, you still have to beat so, everyone else. Yeah, so, so, so I think a good a good way to put it is if you've got somebody who's got the talent of Max Verstappen, but the funding of I don't know me on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> then you're not going to go anywhere. What, 10 Whereas pounds? if you've got the talent of, I don't know, let's say Daniel Kvyat and the funding of the Russian Empire, <laughs> then yeah, you're going to make it to a point, aren't you? The Russian Empire. Creep, yeah? Have you been reading a history book recently or something? You've gone to no. 90, the 1990s and now you're going back to the 1910s. No, but you get my point. The, the point <laughs> is that, with the greatest respect to Daniel Kvyat, fantastic driver, but he's not a Max Verstappen. But because he has a huge budget, um, sponsored budget, yeah, because he's got a huge personal budget, it opens doors that wouldn't necessarily be opened, and it means that he can get access to equipment that would allow him to win the races. It doesn't necessarily guarantee that he's going to win, but it would certainly give him the best opportunity. I mean, we've already spoken about karting, Sam. It's going down another level. Um, when you get to when you get to the national and international stuff, it's definitely um, a paying's game to win. Yeah, I mean, you have to be with the right team. Even in karting, you've got to be with the right team. And if you you will get a few privateers at things like European Championships, but virtually none. Um, purely because, as much as anything, the teams have got the expertise. Hmm. Um, and and that's what you can't you can't fake that. You can't get round that. You might get lucky every now and then as a privateer, but a lot of it is going to come down to that team has got the right engineer on the right car for that circuit they've got guys that have raced they've got guys that have been engineering for years they just know what to do and then i mean i mean i know teams not even drivers teams who at the end of a super um super one which was the british championship at the end of the super one season basically went around the paddock and bought the engines off off of the guys from the top 10 in their class and they essentially made an offer that they couldn't refuse of a silly silly amount of money to buy that engine and then they own the 10 best engines in the country <laughs> so they win so it doesn't matter how much how well their drivers are actually driving because on the straights they pull three tenths sort of thing well, yeah. so it's a big it can be a big difference even in things like Honda Cadet um, which is kind of the top um, the sort of base level of karting in this country. Below that is only Bambino, where really the kids are too little to really know the difference. But even then, I know drivers that were racing in Bambino in the British Championship that have got like five or six different engines that they've spent three or four thousand pounds each, um, and twenty carburetors and a team running the car, and and it's mad. The kid's five. <laughs> The budget's like 30, 40 grand a year. Wow. Okay. Let's go to a different tack. So, Dakar happened recently. Yeah. There were concerns at the end of it about Audi in the future with their Quattro super car thing. Mm. Does rallying in Dakar have a much more level playing field than everyone else? Is it... Is is there a guarantee ever with something like a Dakar rally or a I big a big event right. like that? 
with a big cross-country rally like the Dakar, I think there's a lot more things that can go wrong as much as anything. But surely there's still going to be the element of the Audi is going to be well backed. They're going to have lots of spares as much as <coughs> as much as anything. Um, and you can't account for everything, obviously. But a team like ProDrive, who were running Sebastian Loeb in the Dakar this year, for example, ProDrive in rallying are huge. Let's face it. Um, but of course, but, they, they go back to Subaru days. Absolutely. Um, and they've had success at Le Mans and lots of other teams. They're a big team. They used, mostly to, well, they, they, they used to own Aston Martin, of course. <clears throat> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but um, So they developed a car to run at the Dakar this year. They had Sebastian Loeb driving it. Um, and admittedly, it's a new car, and it, the, the regulations for the cars in Dakar this year did change quite a lot, so there, were, there was a big change. Um, but, um, but you have to say that Audi is obviously going to have more money than ProDrive or like a lot of the, maybe not Gazoo Racing who were running the Toyota Hilux, but some of the smaller cars, like there was one, uh, Ford Raptor entered, which wasn't backed by Ford at all. Basically it's an older spec car that Ford did develop and then the guy owns it privately um, so there's no backing there, but he's maybe just as likely to win it as Sebastian Loeb because he's equally likely to win it as roll it down a sand dune as <laughs> Sebastian Loeb. Yeah, um, or I'll I mean, Sebastian Loeb's a pretty good driver. I don't think he's gonna not intentionally roll it down a hill. Well, no, obviously, none of them are intentionally gonna roll it down a sand dune, are they? Um, <laughs> But um, but as we as we saw, it happened. The Audis actually were fairly unreliable this year in the Dakar um, because again it's a brand new car um, and things were breaking. But they still did relatively well because they could get the car repaired. And when they couldn't get the car repaired, and this actually is the different thing between something like Dakar and maybe even WRC, but certainly a lot of sort of circuit racing, is. Um, one of the Audi drivers, and I cannot remember his name, is a Frenchman, and he's won the Dakar sort of six times. So he's a very, very experienced driver. He was trailing his teammate, Carlos Sainz, who obviously has won the Dakar quite a lot of times, and it's Carlos Sainz. So he's a very, very experienced rally driver. Um, Carlos had a shock absorber blow, and it basically blew the corner of the car off, um, and the wheel pissed off up the road sort of thing for about 200 metres before it actually stopped because they were going pretty quick at that point um, his teammate was the next car along so his teammate stopped they disassembled the teammate's car, repaired Carlos's and then Carlos carried on now that's obviously team orders that you're not going to get if you're a privateer <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's, uh, that's going back to the, the 50s in F1 yeah. they used to do that yeah, and they literally and it was obviously it wasn't necessarily team orders, as in the team told him you have to do this. But the guy, the other driver, they definitely knew. Did. <laughs> they... Well, they may well have done, but they also, the other driver knew that Carlos was leading him, and had a good chance of winning overall. Hmm. So he stopped and he gave up parts to his car, and then he sat there in the middle of the desert and waited for the recovery truck from Audi. Uh -huh. Rather than waiting, well, rather than making Carlos wait, which is a pretty 
nice nice teammate story but it is you're not if you're on your own you're not going to get that yeah you're right because you're on your own there's no one no one's going to no direct competitor is going to see you and stop um you, there was another one this year actually which to be fair was was privateers involved but there were different classes they weren't racing really um one of the um i think they call it the side by sides like these mavericks things that are two seats no like basically a buggy um and uh that rolled and was stuck on its roof the crew couldn't get it the right way up and then one of the trucks came past one of the racing trucks came past stopped they towed a rope uh tied a rope to the back of the truck and put it back on its wheels <laughs> um but again that's that sort of there was actually nothing wrong with the truck with the buggy there was clearly nothing wrong with the truck because it was fine that's just camaraderie um, though that's just yeah good, exactly good sport. they weren't racing directly so the truck could afford to spend five ten minutes putting a rope on to help them get back into the rally hmm. that's sort of the mentality that you want amongst your competitors but if you're racing in the same class you're not going to get less fun okay last um area sim racing now this is absolutely a maybe. no I, absolutely not i don't think there is any necessarily any pay to win um certainly with hardware I think I do sometimes think that maybe a really high spec computer can help. Not with frame, as, not with sim racing. No, I think it can because things like frame rate. I mean, we saw without willing to um, blow my own horn too much, but um, Red Bull Ring. Yeah. Red Bull Ring a couple of weeks ago for us, the DTM practice race, where I was rubbish absolutely rubbish and that's mostly because i was having problems with frame rate i was getting averaging about 38 frames a minute a, <laughs> a minute jesus christ one every two se two-ish seconds <laughs> um but it was so low that i was just i don't know why it was so low um but it made it really tricky because it was almost jerky in the way i was viewing it yeah but that's different um, that's that that's a a hardware problem rather than um yeah, but that's what i mean like if i'd had a two thousand pound graphics card that was averaging 200 frames a second yeah but okay would that have been I a big have had difference issue. no but there's a okay my my graphics card cost me 180 quid and it gives me 60 fps all day no matter what settings i run so that, that yeah so that by that virtue to me that's exactly i don't gain anything by having a 200 fps graphics card no, that's true. And, and, and the rest of it, I don't, I don't think I'd be faster, because I'm still seeing a smooth image. That's true. That is true. But, um, Hockenheim Ring, I was averaging 100 FPS, and I did much better. So, yeah, but again, that's that's a very different circumstance. You know, a, a juddery image because of a hardware problem is different from just having crap spec in the first place. True. I do have fairly crap spec. To be fair, <laughs> um, Craig, what do but, you what, uh, do you what do you think? So obviously, we Al would hear he talk about load cells and feel and um, my prime example, uh, as much as I pain to say it, is Monty. Monty's like yeah, you know, yeah. If you if you talk to well, if you ever watch Monty's you know Twitch streams or whatever, um, 
he has was it, is it a G29 is it a G29 yeah a G29 wheel a bloody office chair a standard sort of PC um, and you know he doesn't he doesn't spend tons of money. Deliberately. He's one of the fastest blocks. Yeah, deliberately. And he's, a, he's one of the fastest bloody blocks in, in the country when it comes to well, sim he, racing. He's, so. he's beaten um, real-life TCR drivers on TCR. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's a prime example of where spending lots of money in sim racing doesn't really get you anything. It gets you good at it. It gets you a fantastic sort of immersive experience don't get me wrong but it's not the it's not a necessity to become successful i mean my to a lesser example i've got a moment wheel cost me 20 quid yeah oh, exactly yeah um it does the job doesn't it yeah and i'm often about as quick as you lot who or all the other guys who have you know 30 series graphics cards and force feedback torque vectoring steering wheels and whatever um, that, that, they're probably not those, by the way. That's, that's, that, that, I don't that, think that's a thing. That, 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 that was a um, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek thing. Um, but yeah, I'm as quick as, I don't know, Jack, so, when, when, I want, when I want to be. Or, yeah. But yeah, or it's... Nick, Nick Sunsides. Nick's on a... Yeah, or Nick, he's on really new stuff. He's on a fairly, pretty much brand new direct drive wheel. You're on a 22-year-old... Not bad, I was a 16-year-old 20-pound wheel. <laughs> Um, yeah, but then there's Nick with his VR and his direct drive and everything, and then there's you with what looks like came out of a cereal packet. <laughs> but it says memo, memo on it, so uh, it's, it's worth a million times more. Uh, <laughs> so there we go, we got to take it right down to sim racing, which isn't even technically real racing. Um, before we, uh, I, I, I would <laughs> no, I would disagree with that. I think sim racing is real racing, it's just the cars that aren't real. Okay, but we have to take it down that low to <laughs> to, to to say yes, pay to win is and money money does does not buy success. Um, yeah, but you have to go that far down. That's a bit sad. While while we're talking about money, um, it's in the, it's in the, the post. I promise. <laughs> on on the Motorsport UK website, there is a section called Get Started, um, where you can have a look at what you could possibly do for your, in inverted commas, budget. So the options are, I can guess which one Cree is going to choose, but the options are 0, 500, <laughs> 1,000, 5,000, or 10,000. Which would you like to hear about first? Zero. Zero. So the Cree option. Uh, <laughs> basically, the, if, if you don't want to spend any money whatsoever, genuinely it, it kind of just says that to be honest you could volunteer as a marshal um oh, but you, you got, do trials but you got to pay no, no come on you got to pay for petrol to get to the track all right okay well you're never going to spend literally nothing <laughs> so um but you can you could be a navigator or you could be a marshal basically for that um for a thousand pounds you could actually do some competing. You could do stage trials, uh, auto solos, and L things like that. Lord in a road. Uh, yeah, well, maybe, yeah. Um, and that's going to cost you about £1,000 a year. So not a lot of money, really. You could probably do Saxo racing. 
for not a lot more than that. Mm, no, I think you'd be surprised how much that costs. Really? Yeah. I know a few people that have done the JSCC, which is the junior saloons, which is the Saxos, basically, and they are surprisingly a lot of money. What about the C1s? Are the same, same um, They are... They are cheaper, um, but it mostly comes down to things like the amount of track time you get, because most of those C1 races are endurance races. Yeah, so they're better. Um, so actually, you get a lot more money per minute, if that makes sense. I wonder if that's on set of Corsa. I need to check that later. Um... um Okay, so go, ten grand. Yeah, it goes ten grand. You could do the seven fifty motor club, the best, um, the best national series in the country, as we've established before. Yeah, um, or even uh, there's a few examples here. The uh, the mighty minis championship, which is a, has an estimated first year budget of between nine and nine and a half thousand pound. That's a very specific budget. It is, um, but I presume it's a fairly specific series. Hmm. Um, but uh, but there's a lot of rallying options, and oh, which actually can work out cheaper sometimes. And or endurance racing, as we said, it means you can split the cost with other people. Um, so there's ways to do it for not a lot of money, but realistically, that's doing it for fun. Those amounts of money, you're unlikely to be doing it for much more than that. You're probably not going to win. Maybe not. No. You unless you're really good. Unless you are really good, or or like we said, you get a bit lucky. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, but then you can't if if oh I thought something where paying mm, sort of pay to win works sort of doesn't. Boss GP. Uh Well, again, I mean, Boss GP is an interesting concept, isn't it? It's a weird little niche. So for people who don't know what Boss GP is. It's essentially where old single-seaters go. It's basically a retirement home for single-seaters. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a fairly open set of regulations um, where they might have a standard tyre for each of their subclasses because each of the classes has probably got a different wheel. Um, but you get a lot of different stuff varying from Formula 1 to IndyCar, to F2, to GP2. Auto GP. Yeah. Um, I really want one of those. There's, there's even a few GP3 cars knocking about in bus. Well, it wouldn't surprise now. me. Um, so it's it's kind of... The idea is that it's cars that are now defunct and don't really have anywhere to race going racing in those, which is a good... It's a noble thing to do, really. It's better than them sitting in a museum or just getting scrapped, let's mm. face it. Yeah, 100%. Um, but it isn't... I mean... But then no one cares <laughs> about yeah. GP. This is the trouble. Plus it's it, not really the a junior formula, is it? Let's yeah. face it. Plus the way you win it is by buying the most recent F1 car you by can. By being a Formula 1 car, yeah. Yeah, so you get the uh, Super Aguri <laughs> or you get the Toro Rosso uh, 01 or whatever it was. Because the Benettons used to win all the time. Uh, yeah. The B195s. But then a V10 Toro Rosso came about. Yeah, and it turns out that, that wins. Yeah, V10 Toro Rosso is a bit faster than a GP2 car and a 1994 F1 car. Yeah, um, which is not necessarily surprising. I mean, I'd quite like to go to Boss GP just oh, to see it. It'd be really. wicked. They don't race in the UK, unfortunately. No, so go, Boss GP, think... if you're listening, get your sort yourself out. Come to Browns Hatch. Or, um, or no, come to Fruxton. Oh, imagine that. No, because you can't see much of the right. To Donington. 
Donington would be good. Donington would be good. Be a lot of Donington. But Froxton would be deadly. <laughs> Imagine the speed difference with a GP3 car and a V10 F1 Thrux. But they still have the old uh, Renault 3.5s. Yeah, they have some of those as well, don't they? That'd be good. Um, yeah. Maybe that should be a little uh, little holiday, the Stelvio holiday this year. We'll go to a Boss GP round. What in the Netherlands? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. I, don't uh, know, I hate Sandwalk. Oh, okay, uh, we'll sort of that one day. Maybe not this year. Uh, <laughs> Cree, anything else to add? No, I think we've covered everything. I think it's. A, I think the summary is is it helps to have a lot of money. But you don't. But I think it is still the case that you can't just pay, give loads of money no, and no, guarantee no, success. The, success. The, question, the question of does it pay to win? No, but but it helps. Yeah, definitely. You could. It definitely pays to get close to it. Yeah. To have a chance. Yeah. Because yeah. I that mean, last that uh, last half a second per lap time comes to the driver. Every, I'm sure some people listening will be going, oh, but what about Braun? What about Braun? They had Honda's works car <laughs> fully yeah. de fully developed for like from a year before <laughs> um, while um, Ferrari and McLaren were knocking ten shades of shit out of each other um, up until November the 2nd. Uh, I remember very vividly. Um, of 2008. So <laughs> that does not count at all. Um, yeah. But hey ho! But if you can think of any uh, anyone who literally won a championship on a shoestring budget, then then let us know. Yes, let us know at Stelvio Auto on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, uh, where else can we be? Uh, what? Bebo. Bebo. Yes, Bebo? yes. We're gonna, we're gonna make a Bebo page. Does Bebo exist? I don't know. Yeah. We're gonna find out. Um, Thank you Reddit. for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, imagine we have our own Reddit channel. That'd be cool. That'd be great. Let's let's do that. Let's make a subreddit. Uh, Sam, uh, Sam, sort out. I uh, will. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to our Selby Auto Show. Uh, I'm Sean Smith, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you to Cree and Sam for joining me. Anytime. Take care, and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.